And that was a Rickroll. Yeah, what they call a viral meme. It's become very popular, especially with young people on the computers. The way it works is you entice somebody to click on a hot link by leading them to expect maybe a new recipe or a picture of a charming pet, so forth. However, the link actually leads to a video of Rick Astley singing his big 80s hit, Never Gonna Give You Up. At this point, the unwitting user realizes, I have been Rickrolled. And you, listener, have just been Rickrolled. <laughs> oh, I hope that was fun anyway, but... Uh, I need to begin this episode with something a little more serious. As, uh, as regular listeners are painfully aware, I experienced a serious lack of judgment on a recent show. Thinking I was off mic and that nobody was listening, I unzipped my pants and began frantically pumping my pud live on air. The telltale fap, 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 the involuntary moaning, the usual, oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, you got it, you got it, you got it, here we go, you know, the whole nine yards, indefensible. <sighs> you know, I, in whacking the old weed like this, I... I betrayed the trust you've placed in me, and I'm sorry. Look, I'll just say it. It was wrong. It was wrong when I began. It was wrong as I continued. And it was wrong when I finished. And that's on me. I apologize. I promise I'll do my best to avoid such lapses in the future. Maybe this episode will be the beginning of a conversation. Or at least a monologue. Anyway, at this point, I'll simply paraphrase a proverb from the Sanskrit. The emony of my anemone is one wet organ. Oh, feel another one coming on. Better play some music. This is Buckaroo Holiday.
music, music.
Sand Dancer from Last Exit. That was a group made up of jazz musicians who'd kind of gone into this uh, avant metal trip for a while. All-star lineup, uh, Sonny Chirac and Bill Laswell and Ronald Shannon Jackson and I forget the other guy's name. That's probably the most lyrical and melodic side of their music. It's pretty extreme stuff, and if you like that kind of thing, amazing playing, um, you might want to check some of their stuff out. Before that, Slime to Family Stone. Hot fun. That was a great summer anthem from, when was it, 1969 maybe? 70, somewhere in there. And that was the single version. The, the, the more frequently heard version these days was a mix that was done for the Slime to Family Stone Greatest Hits album. And uh, it's pretty different, especially on the high, 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 high there parts. And I opted for the lower fidelity, but better mix, I think, of the song there, the single version. And mono, too, so uh, sorry about that if you want the stereo. But we had the single. We did. We, only, we had this, the album Stand, and the album There's a Riot going on. Didn't have greatest hits. And we began that with Marion McPartland doing her song a delicate balance with a string orchestra. Mostly you hear her playing with a trio, but uh, I kind of like that version of that. Sets uh, the show off in a reflective tone, right? Or at least as much as possible after that uh, intro. <laughs> but Marion McPartland, she ran a radio show for a number of years called Piano Jazz, long time. And she had everybody on that show. And I'm talking, you know, all the great jazz pianists, Bill Evans, etc., And uh, all the way down to our friends, Walter Becker and Donald Fagan. Terrific piano player, had some wonderful compositions. So, life is a delicate balance right now. As we look forward to hot fun in the summertime. And maybe dancing in the sand. Look at me tying all my numbers together here. Boy, what a tour de force. Hey. Tard de farce. And I forgot to mention last time about Miles. He's been improving. I'm filled with a bitter anger towards his surgeon who severely misrepresented the severity of the recovery, the length of it, and who is a remarkably arrogant prick. And it's been very, very rough, but we have taken away the attachments to the bathtub and the walker that he relied upon and all the furniture that we had to uh, reconfigure. And it's nice to get back to something like normal at home as well as in general with uh, the vaccines and all that shit. Miles is going in just about two weeks, I think, to Texas, his first solo trip. He's getting on a plane by himself. I'm terrified, you know, just because, uh, well, he's my boy and uh, all this uh, trauma. But uh, it's been a goal. He's getting together with a lot of his friends who live in various parts of the country. And they're having a big meetup. So I'm stoked about that. And around that same time, exactly around that same time, um, I'm going to be having the first get-together in the Schoolyard Gents since this whole business began. Well, not really. Uh, I've been out there once or twice with individual people, but this will be the first gathering of uh, the core, my circle of drinking and music buddies. 
the original inspiration for this show. So things are opening up again. It'll be interesting to see how we function after all the trauma and misery of this long ordeal. See if we can still have those friendly political arguments. As heated as they get, they always end with a laugh. I'm optimistic anyway, and that's not a word you hear from me very much, but why not, hmm? And we'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll do some broadcasts live, quote-unquote, from the, from the shed, from the schoolyard jets. But in the meantime... It's a buckaroo rock block with the who.
I wonder if this is what does the show in, finally, because that's a new record. It's by Lindsay Buckingham, 
which you probably could tell. And, you know, they probably have their web crawler bots going around trying to find people playing this stuff illegally. And it might get me yanked. <laughs> not, not to do a callback on the opening of the show. But, uh, but yeah, new record by Lindsey Buckingham. I don't mind. I think it's right in the pocket with uh, a lot of his really terrific stuff. I was never much interested in Fleetwood Mac. In fact, I didn't even know their music when they were really huge. I just wasn't listening to the radio and uh, people would talk about them and I wouldn't be able to hum a song at the time, you know. I've since come to realize what they did, but I do like a lot of his stuff. I think I've played them before. Not that one though, because it's new. <laughs> Prior to that, it was Bad Days. Adrian Ballou from about 1989, another hotshot guitarist doing his solo thing, just like Lindsay. And before Adrian, we had BC by Sparks from the Propaganda album. I think I could see where Sparks might annoy certain people, you know, it's uh, you like it or you don't. Jello Biafra and I were talking about Sparks when we were doing that industrial movie and he's a big fan, which didn't surprise me at all, actually. And it made for a nice break in between his uh, diatribes against <laughs> the Coors family, <laughs> etc. By the way, I'm not insulting him. I, I really like the guy. But uh, that little section that recurs in there, that really gets me. I love that. And before Sparks, you heard Sparks by The Who from Tommy. See how clever I am? Oh my God. I wanted to mention something maybe trivial. I, th I think it's the opposite of trivial, actually. In front of our house, there's a little you know, pathway that leads from the sidewalk to our front steps. And a couple of years ago, we put a archway in there, metal archway, very simple. And it's handy to decorate with lights for the holidays and all that, and it's kind of cool, but it's become overgrown with vines. Our house being one of the only houses remaining in the neighborhood that's filled with trees. Everybody else cuts them down. So it's very green here, and everybody probably hates us for that and many other reasons. But the vines have overtaken this archway, creating a most picturesque effect, I think. And I guess about two weeks ago, or less, I'm out there and I'm clipping a few of the vines that hang down and hit you in the face when you're walking through the arch. Basically looking out for the mail carriers, you know what I'm saying? Gotta look out for the mail carriers. And I got a sense that something was a little weird. I'm cutting vines on my own arch and I'm feeling like I'm being intrusive. What is this vibe? And I'm looking around and I see at the very top of the arch, kind of hidden in among the leafy vines, is a nest. And there's a bird sitting in it, and the bird is sitting stock still. I guess trying to be inconspicuous. Probably terrified. Can't really assure the bird that I'm not gonna do it any harm, you know. I'm just kind of amazed that I stood there for a while, hoping to catch some kind of movement or action, but the bird was not cooperating. The bird was afraid of me and sat very still. But over the past couple of weeks, we've been checking on it. You know, the, the, the eggs hatched and there's these little birds in there. And sometimes you see them waiting for the mother to come back. And sometimes you see the mother sitting there protecting them. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. And I feel bad for the bird because I want the bird to know that it's allowed there. The only, the only real inconvenience is that there's these kind of purple turds that 
fall in the pathway, so you got to make sure you have your shoes on when you go get the paper. <laughs> but I want the bird to know, like, hey, you're welcome here. I got no problem with you here. You know, it's it, in fact, I, I like that you're here. It's a, it's, it's a nice thing. And I feel like I, I have a lot in common with that bird because I spend a lot of my time in this sort of terror mode on behalf of my family, my kids especially, you know. And I'm hoping that my reasons for fright are as unnecessary as that bird's wariness. Because I ain't going to hurt that bird, and I hope nothing hurts us. And by the way, speaking of unfounded fears, hopefully unfounded fears, I've mentioned this before, but in case you didn't hear that show, or those shows, if this show gets yanked from Podbean, and it happens, it happened to a friend of mine, I will continue it on the Patreon. And the condition with that, unfortunately, is that you got to pay to be part of the Patreon. And I'm not one of these guys who likes to plug this stuff, because you go on some of these YouTube channels where people do interesting content, but you got to sit through this whole spiel where they're trying to sell you stuff and different levels of membership and their bullshit and all. I feel, you know, I hate it. It's, I don't want to do that. Everybody's selling something. There's always some kind of shilling, you know, and I don't like it. But anyway, I do have it, and you can look me up there. If this goes off, you can go there and listen to whatever new shows come on and the other stuff that I do just for that, including the show I'm about to put on, which is a series of shows, actually, I'm about to put on of classic American songwriters. Speaking of classic American songwriters, although not of the era I was just referring to, let's hear something from an album that marks a rare, unsuccessful period of Carole King's career. She had the incredible success as a brill-building songwriter with Jerry Goffin, and then later, of course, became this humongously successful singer-songwriter. And there was this one little interval between those two periods where she was in a band called The City. And here's a track from that. Of course, she wrote it. Snow Queen. Down. 
extraordinary singer, Helen Reddy. If any of you know the words, I hope you'll sing them along with me. self-medicate there's an idea <laughs> if you're self-medicating right now slaunch you if not why not Helen Reddy of course in a playfully edited version of Ruby Redress aka leave me alone preceded by a little bit of the bells by the composer William Byrd that was just a chunk of it it goes on I like the somewhat static nature of that piece you might want to check it out uh, there's an organ version there's a harpsichord version the sustained tones uh, suggest the sustain of the bells as they ring and I hoped it would create a little bit of a mental space after what preceded it Crowsdale with sad eyes a fairly disturbing song Shannon Wright was the songwriter there and singer and She's had, I think, a pretty respectable career, I think. I, I really don't know. I interviewed her a long time ago when that album came out. The album was Dreamette was the name of the album. And it was a wonderful album. And I liked her a lot. She was really terrific. Very talented songwriter. Before that, it was the Dillards with She Sang Hymns. A very influential act started in the 50s and... Um, really had a big impact on country rock for one thing but uh, anyway that was a sweet kind of a song just to kind of keep that waltz feel going after 
Snow Queen by Carol King and The City. Let's move right on. Head back to a year dear to my heart, 1959. Bill Justice and his orchestra. Piece called Cloud Nine. Instrumental version of a song by Charlie Rich. Ready, get ready, 
pity when Johnny strikes up the band. Johnny strikes up the band. When Johnny strikes up the when Johnny strikes up the when Johnny strikes up the band. If I should leave you, try to remember the good times. Warm days filled with sunshine, and just a little bit of rain. And just a little bit of rain. And if you look back, try to forget the bad times, lonely blue and sad times. And just a little bit of rain, and just a little bit of rain. And if I look back, I will remember all the good times, warm days filled with sunshine, and just a little bit of rain. And just a little bit of rain.
fantastic Los Vegas that was a 1960s act started in Mexico I imagine from the same vibrant scene that produced Esquivel kind of combining Boogaloo with uh, jazz and this kind of Vegas showbiz shtick very hyperactive I saw them do a thing on the Ed Sullivan show a while back and I forget what song it was and it's not on their album they did one album and it's not on their whatever number they did but I couldn't believe 
all the places they took it. It was showing off their musical chops and their comedy chops and their vocal expertise and all that. And just completely doing variations on this one number. And on the songs on their album, which is a pretty good album, that's probably the one most like that Ed Sullivan performance. Although it doesn't quite get there. There were some musical things I still remember, but I wish I could find it. Really inventive stuff. Anyway, that number, A Taste of Honey, kind of a standard, I guess. It's been done by everybody from the big Herb Alpert instrumental hit to the Beatles. Great song by the versatile, gifted Bobby Scott. By the way, among the many covers of that song was this one parody I remember by uh, Alan Sherman. The parody wasn't so great. It wasn't one of his better moments, but the title presented the greatest gag for him. Listen. So I went and bought a Mercedes Benz, a waste of money. Eight thousand bucks down the drain. (laughs) Man, that's great. The rest doesn't live up to it, but that's just great enough. And the fantastic Las Vegas, and that's how they build themselves, by the way. The fantastic Las Vegas was preceded by, were preceded by, Gary Burton with Alone and Forsaken, the Greenwich Village legend and dolphin enthusiast, Fred Neal, with his trademark song, A Little Bit of Rain. And it occurred to me, I don't think I've ever played Warren Zevon on the show. thought I'd rectify that. Johnny strikes up the band. And at the top, like I mentioned, Cloud Nine by Bill Justice and his orchestra. There's a magic in that track I can't put my finger on. But I, I, I hope it hit you too, I don't know. I shan't forget the day we met, my boat upset and I got wet. She offered me her blanket and some tea. Say is that your clarinet? I bet we'd make a fine duet. Do you know Mozart's minuet in G? Maybe I could see you socially. me back to my flat it's late and i must feed my cat with that she smiled and tied her hat to me hey! on my chinese mat we sat commenced to chat of this and that and then i tried to kiss her tenderly and we began to play a symphony Like red balloons, the afternoon was spinning tunes that sent the rhythm to my head. Hey! And just this afternoon, you pulled me from a dark lagoon and changed this tune into a drawing room instead. I'm afraid I'm in above my head. Yeah. 
How there's a music in the streets How there's a music in the air A little old soul beat How there's dancing everywhere I would tell the whole world Tell them if I could To add a little song in two weeks life It's a finger snapping good But you could use it We're gonna make a little music You got soul, I thought you lose it We're gonna make a little music Everything's gonna be mellow We're gonna just sing it out of pillow Everything's gonna be mellow We're gonna just sing it out of pillow
Well now, I just did a whole lot of work over here that all got lost in a moment when I had one of these computer farts and the whole program went down and I hadn't saved what I've done over the last hour. So, uh, bummer. So I'm going to start with these announcements again. What you just heard was King Tubby, Roots of Dub. King Tubby, one of the great innovators in sound and production and engineering. Giant of reggae. His influence extends well past reggae into uh, post-punk and hip-hop and club music of all sorts. That was recorded sometime in the early to mid-70s, I think. And before that, another great producer and innovator, Alan Toussaint, who wrote, arranged, and produced this record by Lee Dorsey called Acapella. Toussaint, such an amazing person. Saw him a number of times, mentioned before, but he had this radiant goodness. I, I don't know how else to explain it. He ran a studio in New Orleans, and to be in the music business that many years, you've seen and done some tough stuff to survive, and, uh, and he didn't lose his beatific kind of quality. Before that, Johanna Bayer. She was a German who moved to the United States in the 1920s, and I think she was in her 20s at the time. Studied music and fell in with all these New York avant-gardists, notably Henry Cowell. And it might be that involvement that influenced that piece of hers, which sounded very much like Ives. String Quartet Number no. 2, the Allegretto movement. Her music was pretty much ignored and is still not very well known, but deserves to be better known. At the top, we had Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart, who were kind of like the all-purpose suppliers of hip and groovy music to television and film productions back in the late 60s. Wrote a lot of hits for the Monkees and recorded their own stuff. One of their albums, uh, It's All Happening on the Inside, was real popular with some of the kids in the drug rehab center when I was hanging out there as a kid. My brothers would go in there. It was a concept album about the human brain. Now that track has this weird exotic kind of thing that pops up sometimes in music. It's sort of an annoying thing, I think, but uh, you know, uh, Cher uses it and the verses of I Think I Love You had that. And I think last time when I played the uh, Put the Clock Back on the Wall has that, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, what are you going to do? The chorus is this great, trippy girl on not to get you or whatever. Sounds ominous, but, you know, Bobby and Tommy, you're going to hurt nobody. But speaking of that exotic sound, did you ever listen to anybody play the psaltery? You might have, but a lot of psaltery players bow the thing, you know? If you're anything like me, you've been dying to hear some plucked psaltery. Bob Stewart's going to hit us with a little bit of that here on a track called Music of the Middle Pillar, recorded just like King Tubby's stuff in the mid-70s.
Why me? 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 Still Moving by Heavy Vegetable. That band featured Rob Crow, who later with P. Hicks did uh, the Optagon-centric band, Optagonally Yours. That there is from an album uh, from 1995 called Frisbee. I played The Question by Vivian Stanchel. I've talked about Vivian before, one of my great heroes. And that record, The Question, came out after years of no new Vivian Stanchel product. I remember it turned up in the bin at Discophile Records on 8th Street. And boy, was I stoked. I couldn't get back home fast enough, which required a subway and then a train and then a cab before I could get to the turntable. And then before that, everything happens to me. June Christie with the Stan Kenton Orchestra playing a really out there arrangement by Bob Grattinger. Grattinger? Grattinger. I don't know. You want to learn about him, if you don't know about him, check out Erwin Chusett's book, Songs in the Key of Z. Great chapter on Robert Grattinger, who uh, was about as avant-garde as big band composers got, and a very troubled fellow. I think it works. I mean, you know, the song is pretty, and then this sour milk backdrop just creates a great contrast with June Christie's voice, and I love June Christie anyway, so... Hope you liked it. Splendor in the Grass before that by the boys who were not boys. That was a Jackie DeShannon song. I think it's terrific. It's better than her own version, I think. And then at the top, we had the music of the middle pillar on Psaltery by Bob Stewart. Now dig this. Some local pop psych from Wisconsin circa 1968. Tony's Tigers.
walking along, minding my business, went out of an orange-colored sky. Flash, flash, alakazam. Wonderful you came by. I was humming a tune, drinking in sunshine, went out of that orange-colored view. I gotta look at you One look and I yell timber Watch out for flying glass Cause the ceiling fell in and the bottom fell out I went into a spin, I started to be shot, I've been hit This is it, this is it, I did I was walking along, minding my business When love came and hit me in the eye Flash, flash, alakazam Out of an orange colored sky Watch out for flying glass Cause the ceiling fell in and the bottom fell out I went into a spin and I started to shout I've been hit This is it, this is it, I did I was walking along, minding my business When love came and hit me in the eye Out of an orange-colored purple stripe Pretty green polka dot sky Wow, I thought love was much softer than that. What a most disturbing sound.
Oh, excuse me. Okay, excuse me while I nosh here. When I get this show out tonight, time's a wasting. That was uh, picking up on audio sound by Flag of Convenience, Steve Diggle's band after after he left the Buzzcocks. Not King Cole before that, Orange Colored Sky. Harmonic 33 with the song Optagon popped into my head because I mentioned Optagonal Yours earlier from an album kind of kind of archly titled Music for Film, Television, and Radio, Volume 1. Pretty good stuff. And at the top, like I mentioned, a local Wisconsin band, their local hit single, Tony's Tigers was the band. Little by Little was the track. Leader of that band, Tony Dancy, still active musically. To me, they sort of sound like a, uh, a less slick association. You know what I mean? Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, coming up on the end of the show here. Excuse me. Even though we're getting into summer here, I'm going to play a New Year's song. It's by Peter Warlock. Played him before. The lyric is a 16th century poem, and it's a New Year's toast. What cheer, good cheer. And I want to wish that to the audience here and to myself. I want us to have a good summer. So I'm also going to play a uh, fanfare. You don't hear a lot of fanfares. One by Paul Ducat. And I'll see what I feel like doing after that to bring the show out. Here you go.
Thank you. 
Club's a band called Shoot, which was started by Jim McCarty of the Yardbirds. Did one album. That was it. Kind of nice. I always used to see it in the record store and uh, wondered about it. Never listened to it till fairly recently. Sepia Sister is the name of that. Then you had a fanfare from Paul Ducat from uh, La Perie Ballet. I forgot to mention there was a little bit of Desmond Leslie's music from the future jammed in between those two. And that started with Peter Warlock's what cheer? Good cheer. That's the kind of cheer you want. That's what I'm looking forward to in the schoolyard gents next week or so. But yeah, that's it for another Buckaroo holiday. And it might be it for Buckaroo holiday for a little while, at least in this venue. I'm going to be taking care of some commissions. And there's going to be a series of them posted on the Patreon because it's a commission that has to be broken up into separate shows, I think. So I'm going to put them there. And I'll be back here doing these shows down the line. I don't know when, but uh, I think I'm going to take a break from the regular shows. I get the feeling with the world opening up again and uh, everybody resuming their ordinary lives and activities there might not be as much of a desire for something like this anymore. Responses have quieted down and uh, listenership has dropped. But I hope it did help people entertain themselves through the shutdown, certainly. Helped me making them, that's for sure. And I've told everybody how they can get in touch with me if they need to. I still have an account on MeWe, although I very rarely do anything there. But I will get messages there. And I'll get messages here on Podbean. And, of course, the Patreon. And via email, which is, uh, as I've told you before, mcvouty at optonline.net. If anybody needs to contact me, let me know how you feel about things. Okay? I thank you most sincerely for your time and your ears and your attention. It means a lot to me. I think I'll end this one with our friend Phil Linnett. Cheers, my friends, from Buckaroo Holiday. Close your eyes, my sleepy child. Don't let a tear drop. There is no need to cry, child. There is no need at all. Dry your eyes and sleep now Let your sweet dreams flow And when you rise, know that I'll be here Because I love you so Don't be sad, my baby girl Don't be bad on me Please don't be sad, my baby girl Your daddy is still
Just leave.